Hello and welcome back to the Road to Rank 1 podcast. I'm your co-host Jack and I'm joined by Burjo. Back from a sickness, massive week for you. Yeah. What's in the news? Yeah, so um, 12.74 for me last week, massive. Finally got that uh, swing week that I've been waiting for for a very long time. Um, 614th for the round and that saw me rise all the way up to jump, jump you into uh, 5,993rd. And with a lot of buy numbers already in my side, obviously trades have been used to cause that. But um, I'm sitting real good. I'm really, really happy with how it's looking to move forward. Yep. So who were the big players for you this week? So you had a few guys with yep. low ownership go big for you. So the main ones were Connolly Lamelu, who I bought in. I sold Val to him four or five weeks ago, hoping you know, hopefully I can get a similar output. 120 double. Um, he looks so. Uh, likely on this left edge for yep. them and I'm um, very, very happy to own him. I just liked his dual, that he was getting dual position and, um, yeah, he's, he's been a great buyer for me. And then also Clint Gufferson. Um, obviously, you guys wouldn't have heard about my trades last week, but I did Turbo to Guffo when I found out Turbo wasn't playing. And, yeah, Guffo, 113 at 2%. Very, yep. very happy with that. Big school. Um, for myself this week, 1,110... <laughs> So not a bad score. I went up a few thousand ranks to six and a half thousand. So I'm seeing only about 20 points behind Berger after his big week. Um, I didn't really have any low ownership guys go big. I brought in Alex Johnson last week. I wasn't really sure what I was doing last week during the podcast. I brought in Alex Johnson for Reese Walsh. And obviously he disappointed. Um Better things around the corner for him, though. So my score's all right. I think I'm sitting in a decent spot. Um, enough trades up my sleeve, so not mad about that. Today's episode, we'll be talking all things Supercoach following round nine. We'll be assessing the buys and the sells for the week, going through some strategy talk and looking at a few under-the-radar options as well as our trades and skippers for the round. So let's get right into it. First game of Magic Round on the Friday night, 6pm, Doggies Raiders. For the Dogs, Braden Burns is out with an MCL and that sees the return of Jacob Kiaz, as well as Max King back in for Harrison Edwards, who's been doing a pretty solid job, and Franklin Pelle also back on the bench following that arm fracture. Yep. Big for the Doggies, Carl Oluwapu, obviously off the bench last week, scored very well in 37 minutes, 33 without a line break, and 43 in general in those 37 minutes. It looks good for him. Mm. He won't be on the bench for very long. Could very much be a, almost a must to bring in next week, I reckon. Yeah, potentially. He's he's looking really good. Um, I'm worried about how his upside might be capped in this doggies team, but at 200k, he's still going to make money. I just don't want it to be similar to Isaiah Katoa, where he only makes 200k, and you know, not we wouldn't be too happy with that. So definitely one to keep a big eye on this week. Um, I'm not sure if I'm guaranteed to be moving to him next week, but look, if he's starting six, chat 200k with when we've got ICAT sitting there ready to be moved on, it's going to be hard to resist. But I just, I'm worried a little bit about his ability to jag attacking stats and ceiling in this Bulldogs team. Because we're not playing great, you know, we're not going to win a lot of games by the looks of things. So I'm definitely just going to keep an eye on it for now. But, um, yeah, he's definitely, definitely going to be an option. Well, what I like about him, I think, comparing to Isaiah Katara on the 150k he's made, 
Obviously, Katoa's had some assists that have led to him scoring 40-odd. I think with Oluapu, he could score 40, 45 without doing much. Mm. And with Kiro's back on that right edge and Jake Avrilo playing good footy, I think there will be ball going down there. And Oluapu's also a ball runner. Yep. So I think there will be opportunities where he will jag attacking stats. It won't be consistently enough to be near keeper at 5'8". Mm. But I think he will be able to do enough to gain cash if he is able to grab that starting role next week. Yep. I think it'd be hard to go past His game him. looks super coach friendly. He looks like he's going to make tackles, run and break tackles. So look, you're going to be able to do worse. Like He's definitely going to be a good option next week. Kickout and Adokar also still out long term on the left edge. We could see a fair bit of ball go right. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So I don't mind that next week at all. Tavita Pangai Jr., very low score this week. The offload's sort of gone away and the minutes are not great. Um, you were looking at him a few weeks ago. You didn't mind it, but it's just always been too much risk with him. There is a flaw, and he's sort of proved he's not really an option. No, his minutes are just going to be too low to have an impact. And when when he's making errors off the offload, I feel like he'll be tempted to put it away for a bit. So, yeah, no, not, not an option at all. He's also always good for injury or suspension. So, yeah, um, if you went early on him, I think I'd be moving him on. Yep, agreed. Jake Preston, another week where he just doesn't score the points that he deserves. HIA in this one, spent 15 minutes on the sideline for that. I think he's a very, very strong hold still. Yeah. I think if you've sort of held through all this damage in the dog side in general and what he's undergone himself, you haven't cashed in with enough big scores that are in him. And I think they're coming soon on that right edge. Yeah, and who are you moving him on to, really? Unless you don't have for feeder. I don't see a point of selling him. But even with Origin around the corner for Fafita now, I don't know if you're buying 800k. Could still hurt you. But, yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't be moving on Preston. Um, he's going to be a fine hold. He's great squad depth, even if you're not playing him every week. Yeah. Another one that's interesting, Raymond Fatala Mariner at 360k with a five break even. It surprised me seeing him at this price because you don't really expect any consistent starters in the middle with a decent lock roll to be this cheap but obviously that Cowboys game went off very early with the um, HIA dropped about 100 150k from that decent price but it's just it's awkward yeah well if, if Max King was still out I would say he'd be a great buy but um so he's playing 40 minutes 50 minutes in previous weeks and then played 60 on the weekend I don't expect 60 if Max King and everyone's there so um not really an option for me, but if you need to tie, it's a very awkward price. But if you if you have that sort of money that you need to buy someone to RF, a lot worse than RFM. I think he's going to be good. There's probably a world too where Max King doesn't play the big minutes we've seen before that injury as well. That's possible because he has been rushed back. It may not be for a massive minute role. However, I don't think Fatala Mariner has enough. No. Pros to him. To I think we saw his sort of super coach scoring ceiling in this lock role as a 68 on the weekend. I don't see him really reaching that yep. all that often. Yeah, agreed there. For the Raiders, Xavier Savage comes onto the wing for Abba Hopawale and Aza Mariota comes onto the bench for Harry Wiranara. Oh, I think this bides very well for Corey Horsburgh, who's already getting massive minutes, potential to be a legitimate gun at front row forward with the dual position. Price of 540k. And what I like here is Harry Renara has the potential to play decent minutes. He has the potential to sort of take lock minutes away from Horsburgh. 
him dropping out and Mariota coming onto the bench, who's a one stint front rower, 20 to 30 minute middle, I think Horsbridge's looking really good. Yep. Yeah, Horsbridge's been smashing it recently. Um, three weeks in a row of 70 plus minutes. So I don't really see that changing. The only thing I just, I'm just cautious as someone who already owns Tarpany with the Ricky Roulette. I feel like if I've already owned Tarpany and I'm buying Horsbridge, those sort of, their minutes sort of, if I want Horsbridge to have big minutes, Tarpany's going to have lower minutes. And if I want Tarpany to have higher minutes, Horsbridge's minutes will be sacrificed in that. Yep. So like, I don't really love buying both of them. And Ricky Roulette, we, we've all been burnt by it before. Yeah. Um, he's probably the front row buyer of the week, though. Um, Horsburgh, I think he's probably the best option there. He seems like it last week too, but there just probably wasn't enough sample size to be able to confidently yeah. gamble on it. Mm-hmm. However, some people did, and that paid off, obviously, with the big 90 last week with the try assist. But once again, I think he's still a good buy. Yeah. Offloaded a lot last week. Yeah, there is, there's attacking upside there, which isn't very common at the price he's at now at front row. Potential gun. Yeah. But as you said, I think if you own Tarpany, you're probably going to stay away. But for someone who owns Haas or even like a Welch, it's not a bad guy to pair up with one of them, I don't think. Yeah, I think he's the buy of the week in front row. Also, Jared Croker, his job security becomes a lot more interesting this week with Xavier Savage named on the wing and Seb Chris staying at fullback. Mm. It's a hard one to pick because this suggests that Kotrick and Savage may be playing off for a wing spot. Because... Unless Savage is being worked back into it and he's going to return to fullback soon, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of well, Chris sense. Well, Chris has gotten better every week he's played. So he's I, looking pretty good there. I don't think, unless he has a shit game, Ricky will be moving him anytime soon. So I'd say I'd say Chris is pretty locked in, and I'm really worried about Kotrick's career in general with these hammies. He, every single year he seems to get two or three hammy injuries, so I'm not really worried about him coming back anytime soon. Um as a Croker owner, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think. I think that whilst they're winning, Croker's done nothing wrong. He's defended well. He scored a try last week. Um, kicking his goal, well, he didn't kick his goal on the weekend, but he was kicking his goals prior to that. Yep. Um, would you bring him in this week if you didn't have Croker? Is he a guy you look at centre wing, or would you look to a Buller cheapie? No, I'd rather. I'd rather look at. Yeah, I'd rather go a guy who hasn't already made some money. I think. Well, if you buy Croker now, you're probably only going to make. 75k, 100k out of him so yeah. I don't see that being worth two trades yeah, so I, agree um, I wouldn't be buying him I'm pretty happy to have him though yeah. yeah I wouldn't be playing him in many weeks he's handy if needed though he can yeah. provide a solid floor with yeah. that goal kicking moving on to the Manly Broncos game Manly pretty big changes here Jake Trebojevic is injured and will not be playing potentially in origin as well pretty long term Morgan Harper and Christian Tupelotu also out. So Sean Kepi will start at prop. Ruben Garrick on the wing. And Tolotau, Kula and Parker will come back into the centres. Yep. First of all, Sean Kepi at front row. He's a reasonably high-owned player. He's probably playable for the next month, yep. six weeks moving forward. Yeah, whilst Jake's out, Kepi's probably playable. Especially he... with Sipley suspended for yep. three weeks Sipley's as well. Sipley's also suspended. It's, it's not really a big Kepi and Paseca, that's it. And Aweye. Yeah, Bullmore, yeah. But I still think you can back him to play 45 to 50 minutes, I reckon, Kepi. Yeah. They're thin. He wouldn't be. Obviously, you're not playing him over a Welch-type guy, but um, 
Yeah, Cappy's Cappy's fine if you if you um are one of those people who've gone real skinny in front row like like you and myself. Um, Cappy's going to be a fine option to play over the next next four weeks while while Gerbo's out. Well, yeah, I am in that position, and I'm more than happy to run him as well as Hamay Sele as well, who we'll get to later. He's also starting. I'm more than happy to run those two for the next six weeks now and play whoever's starting. It looks like they're going to get more than forty minutes. Yep. Um, Ruben Garrick and Tom Trebojevic, both highly sold players this week. They've dropped their cash both below 600k. Personally, I think they're both holds now because both have dropped about 150k in the last two weeks. Um, Garrick, especially back on the left wing, is huge for him. Turbo is still the same issues that were there before. I just don't see how much value you can get out of either of them. Yeah, I'd love to hold, definitely hold uh, Garrick. Even if you could sell Turbo, but in my position, wherever I sold Turbo last week, I definitely want to hold Garrick because I don't want to have no stake in that back line. You know what I mean? Like yep. I, I want to... Man, when you seem like they're going to be an okay attacking side, I want to have some sort of stake in that back line and Garrick's going to be a good hedging tool. Um, Turbo, I probably wouldn't sell him. You're not getting a whole lot of value out of him. I think last week was the week to do it. There's not many options game. this week either. Unless you're going down to Buller, there's not really many premium options that are killing it now other than Latrell and Mitchell. And most would have Walsh and... Um, Turbo, right? So I think Walsh probably goes before Turbo. Yeah, and I get that he's nowhere near 100% fitness, but he also wasn't at the start of the year when he was averaging 100. Obviously didn't have certain injuries that he's got now, but he definitely didn't look... Especially in game one, yeah, he did not look 100%. So I think there's still a world where he can score super coach points at 50% out there, and I just don't see how much more you can get for that price tag right now. Unless yeah. you've got cash to free up and go up to someone like Troll, even though I don't really think that's the right move right now. Mm. So I think Turbo, Garrick, both strongholds. I don't really see the point in selling either. No, you're not getting a lot of value out of it. Moving on to the Broncos side, Payne Haas and Ezra Mam returned from suspension. For the Broncos, the big guy here, most sold player of the week, Reese Walsh. Do you reckon he has to be sold even if he does play around 13? For those who have sort of rode the last two price drops with him? I don't think he has to be sold. I think if I had him, I'd want to be moving him on. But with no fullbacks standing up and saying, you know, get me in your team other than Luttrell, um, I think Welsh can probably be held. This is this this Manly game looks like a pretty good matchup for him, I think, in Magic Round. The whole, whole city will be behind him. Um, he could be held, but the one, 150, 160 BE, it's like, ugh. I'd probably move him on if I if I I've obviously never owned him, but if I did at the moment, I'd be moving him on. Um, but if he does play thirteen, he could be worth buying in that buy round. Well, I, that's the thing. I think this sort of depends on the team and where they're at with cash gen. If you're in front and you can sort of cop the hundred k that he might lose, and people might be able to jump jump on him, say at six hundred k in round thirteen if he's playing, you can cop that. But, yeah, there's 160 rake even. If he was to go sub-70 in this one as well, there's going to be even more cash to drop next week. It just depends how willing you are to ride that out. Yep. Because he could score well, but if he doesn't, there's a lot of money to still be lost. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's a, he's a safe sell. But if you want to go for a little bit of a pod move, you could hold him. Yeah. Moving on to the Warriors, Panthers. For the Warriors, Chance Nickel Clockstar, Tohu Harris are back which moves Josh Curran to the bench and Freddie Lussick falls out. First of all, 
for charms is an interesting one with the eleven day um stand down policy yeah after the hia i believe this is the 11th day yeah the game yeah i think we're just going to pretend that no one can count i think is sort of what the the joke is at the moment um i don't even know if he's going to play in this game if he does and that's awesome for me because i'll probably be forced to have him in my 17 but like i don't really expect him to play just because of the way the policy is sort of written, it seems like he's not going to. But look, they're big boost for the Warriors. Yeah, two yeah. two begins, and I think this is also super coach wise. Um, Curran moving to the bench for Toyo Harris and Lustig dropping out very good for Wade Egan. Yeah, very good. Um, under six hundred k, going to play around thirteen. As we've said before, the Warriors and Dolphins between around thirteen and twenty only have one buy. The only two teams with that draw through there. Wade Egan could be a very good purchase come round 13. Mm. Yeah, definitely. For those who've held on to Harry Grant, which would be a lot, that would not be a bad switch there. I like that a lot. Yeah, he'll continue to get cheap too. He's, he's almost getting to where his price below his sort of scoring potential. Yep. So um, I think... Played 80 minutes last week, I believe, for about 61 points. It's looking pretty good for Wade He's looking Egan. like a buy. Yeah, he's, he's quite cheap too. 560 or K. Yep. I like him a lot. Another one that I like to have a look at for round 13, underpriced, probably will get to below 600k come that time. Sean Johnson. We saw his scoring potential earlier in the year. Obviously not the explosive Sean Johnson of the past, more of a game control halfback now. But he could be cheap, and if someone was to hold on to Cleary and have that Cleary-Hines combination going to the 13, I reckon Sean Johnson's also on to watch here. Yep. Yeah, um... Doesn't quite have the ceiling of Moses, which is the, really the other alternative there. But he's going to be consistent. He's got the goal kicking. Warriors seem like a pretty good side. Don't um, lose many to Origin. Don't lose, yeah. They'll be strong through Origin. If, if uh, Tohu and CNK can really stay fit, then yeah, Shea's going to be a good option, I think. Also for the Warriors, one of the most popular buyers last week, Adam Fanua Blake. 75 minutes last week for 85 points. Looked very good, but Tolu Harris back is probably going to play decent minutes and it's going to hurt for Noor Blake. Obviously, he can still be dangerous and score good points in 50 to 60 minutes. However, these massive ones really put him as a premium option. Yeah, well, you can't buy him at his 670k and I wouldn't expect the same output as the last few weeks, but he's a very good player. He's their leader at the moment in the pack. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too worried about Tohu taking that much minutes away from him. Yeah, he'll still be good. DFB. He's he's proved he's a gun in the past. He's also burned us a few times. Yeah, so don't buy now at this yeah, price. I would not be buying same. that. Whatever he is, six hundred seventy k. It's a very very steep price. Yeah. For the Panthers, big change with James Fisher Harris returning and Matt Eisenhuth going back to the bench. The big point here is we're forced to make a decision with Nathan Cleary now. 161 break even plays the Warriors, Roosters and Broncos moving into the origin period. It's a it's a big choice. This this could be season a season, yeah, season deciding factor. If he was to average 50 over the next three, it's massive. And if he averages 120 over the next three, it's just as big. Where do you sit with him? Oh, it's tough. At the moment, I am selling, but I've been back and forth on it all week. Um, 161B, Warriors, Chooks, Broncos is not great. 
Um, also, the emergence of Nico Hines as a every week captain sort of takes away a bit of Cleary's value. Yep. Because yep. you can't captain or VC him. You're never going to if you have Hines. So That's the thing. You're not going to be captaining him in any of these games. Yeah. No will be. The only thing that's sort of calling me back is that they actually have the same amount of buys over like the, the, the period. And if, if Cleary doesn't rest, he only misses one more game than Moses will. And the weeks that Moses misses, Cleary will probably play. So that's sort of like pretty ugly in terms of yeah, you may have Moses when they don't have when they don't have Cleary, but then the guys who have Cleary still have still have him when you don't have Moses playing. Yeah. So I've I've walked right into that, and I think I'm gonna do it because I want Moses for round 13. I think he's the best captain option against. You can always move back though. In round 14, if Cleary plays against the Dragons on the Sunday afternoon, that's when you move back. Back Moses may have maxed out in price then if he has a couple low yep. scores, which he probably will in his next four. That's going to be an option. You don't have to hold it all the way through. Yeah. The big the big one is round 13 where you get him against the Cowboys. He's the best captain option that week. Um, so, yeah, you could, you could do a bit of uh, halfback carousel with them. So I think, I think I'm going to do it. It's very risky, but obviously, as you said, season-deciding stuff. Um, only thing I just don't see him going one fifty against the Roosters or the Broncos, but it's this week. And if the Warriors, if the Warriors can really show up, put on a show, but they've had three games in eleven days, two with international travel. I don't know. It, it points towards a, a Penrith blowout with Cleary going big, but it's a, it's a massive dilemma. I want yeah. If you if you're gonna do it, make sure you look at everything. Um, but I think the point of if you have to do Moses back to Cleary in round 14, do it because... Prices could be similar potentially. Yeah. I think the other thing, Critter has been goal kicking. And when we look back at Cleary's big tons from this year against Canberra and um, Newcastle. No, not Newcastle. No, Manly, Manly. Manly, yeah. Um, there was about 32, 36 points in goal kicking in both of them. I think 32 big points difference. in both of them. Yeah. So if you turn that 150, take the goal kicking away, it's 120... And a 120 and 90 in the best games he's probably going to play. Like, he absolutely brained at those two matchups. If he has two of his best games in his career and he's not goal-kicking, he still only might average 100. Mm. Yeah. However, if he does get the goal-kicking back this week, that's also very big the other way. Yeah. And we don't really know. But yeah, well, we won't know. That's the thing. But Crichton... He's been we... making them Crichton. Crichton hasn't been missing. So, I think Cleary probably stays... Away from the goal kicking, especially leading into Origin, so it's going to be really interesting to watch. I, I'm, I, it'll be a decision. Obviously, I'm going to be up, up, up there for Magic Round. It'll be a decision I make pretty much at the ground. Yep. When I when I'm if I see Cleary, you know, kicking goals in the well, warm up. I think up. he did in the warm up last week with Crichton. Yeah, I believe that's what I heard. I'll, I'll definitely be watching it if he's you know swatting them. If he's looking good, it'll be tempting to reverse that trade. But as it stands, I'm thinking yeah, Moses looks like a good buy. Cleary looks like a good sell. It's similar to the other week when we had to deal with the Harry Grant scenario yep. where he had this massive BE, JMK had a low BE. We thought, we're probably going to want to do this in a few weeks anyway. Why not do it now? And, yeah, obviously we had to weigh up all the factors and this is very, very similar. I think I'm just going to do it now because it's a move I'm going to want to make later. Yep. Elsewhere for the Panthers, Tyrone Peachy looks like a great option at 289k. 
Um, Tom Jenkins is the one that we're worried about sort of getting into that left centre spot while Tongo's out. But Peachy looks like he's going to be holding that for the foreseeable future if he can continue to put decent output in. A try last week off a kick, not a massive score, but I think we also didn't see, I guess, the offloading potential yep. and the other attacking upside that he has. He's not a bad option at Toro. Well, that, that game was a bit of a write-off with the rain. Yep. Um, I wouldn't. There's not a whole lot you can extrapolate from that performance. Um, don't love Peachy as a player this late in his career, playing left centre, but he is cheap. Um, 2RF probably gets dual in round 12. 12. Maybe. Maybe we're probably out of the team round then anyway, though. Um, yeah, you can do worse. There's risks involved, though. What if Targo comes back early? He's still a young kid. Um, what if Peachy has a bad game? That's very likely could happen. Yeah. He drops out. Uh, not one I'm going for myself, but I have played around with it. I'm not tempted at all. I haven't even looked at it personally. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's definitely a risk involved, and I'm, I'm not going to go there. Yep. It's not the worst option. No, I Not agree. tempted myself. For the Sharks and Dolphins game, we see Braden Hamilton, ULA, come out, and Royce Hunt will start a prop as well as Finucane returning at lock and McInnes will play on the bench. For the Sharks, Talakai last week, trying to assist for a score of 90-odd, owned at 2%. He's starting to get some attack now, still under 600k. Could be a time to strike on Talakai. He's one I've had an eye on all year because we saw, obviously, that massive string of form last year. If he could get that together now with a decent draw for the Sharks, he's a nice little pot option. Yeah. Yeah, he probably presents the best four out of all of these Sharkies guys too. Um, he gets through a lot of work and tackle busts and, and that. So He's still averaging 57 in yeah. a pretty rough start to the year attack-wise for him. Yeah, he'll um he'll have games where he goes 100 pass, but he'll also have some games where he gets a 40. And that's like all these Shark centre wings. The only one I'm really interested in, to, in is uh, Ronaldo, just because he, yeah, he's only gone over, under 60 once. Yeah, which is one. really, really impressive. So um, I'm probably prioritising the premium option in Ronaldo over Talakai. But, like, you could do a lot worse as a, as a, as a nice little centre-wing pod. It's just the weeks when he goes 40 and your other options are getting 60, 65s. It's like you're starting to lose points on there. So what I'm sort of getting at is I think there's better places to spend your money than 600k on Talakai. But... Obviously, if you're feeling frisky and want a pod, fair enough. Yeah, on Mulatalo, price at 716k. It's probably near the top of his price, and it would have been nice to get on a guy like that cheaper because these type of wingers that go on runs get cheap. But I don't see him slowing down no. with the matchups that have got coming up. He, he just seems like he's going to get 60 every week at a very minimum with a wine break, and he's always involved in the game, Ronnie. Um, He's seven hundred game for a reason. He's another one of those blokes like Alex Johnson, um, even Campier, and now on that left edge with the Titans that just tend to find multiple line breaks in a game. Yeah, and sort of it's almost like that's their floor is being built off of those line breaks you expect weekly. And Ronnie's very much in my trade plans this week. Yeah. Um, for the Dolphins, testing new returns to the wing with Rob Jennings coming out of the side, and Milford and Mason Teague will come on the bench. Kaila Malelu, your boy at 521k with the dual position. 
he's a good buy, but he's not near a guy that you have to move heaven and earth for because the floor for him seems like around 40 to 45, and he is going to be pretty reliant on jagging attacking stats to score well, and he can. Mm. I don't know about it. This well, price. It, yeah, I think he's too expensive now, and um, they will buy next week. Yep. So not. I, I don't think he's even really a buy. I, I think he's just he's already made his money. You've, I'd rather look at other options who look quite genuine keepers. Um, there's all Lemuel who could drop out of the starting side at any moment, and Cabram goes back to the left edge. As much as I think Wayne's smart enough to know that that's not good for their team, but um, it could happen. I, I yeah. 520k, not a great buy in my books. You probably will get 100k out of him just with that 120 in the rolling average, but it's probably not worth it. If you're looking for the cash, and no. it's not really where you want to go. Yeah. An interesting one here, Cody Nicarima at 299k, neg 16 break even, has the hooker dual position. If he keeps that spot, he's very interesting. Milford is on the bench. And I'm, really? I'm not sure what that really means. But if you had something going on at Hooker that's not great, I don't know, even someone who wants to hop off Sonny Luke for some reason. Um, Cody Nicarima, he's interesting if he keeps this 5-8 spot. Yeah, he played good on the weekend. Yeah. Played real good. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I think, I think like, there's a few people who would have bought him at maybe 5'8 or hooker, maybe the old Tanner Boyd owners from early in the year. Um, you could do worse. It's uh, an interesting one. Yeah. Because it's, it's weird that Milford's on the bench. I don't really know where else yeah, he can come on to play. That's really interesting. Um, I think just on that fact that Milford's on the bench, I'd be avoiding it. Yeah. But, yeah, if you already have him, then hopefully you can stay in that spot for you. Yeah. Moving into the Storm Souths game. For the Storm, same deal as Chance Nickel Clockstar. Elie Katoa returns on the edge. It's decision time on him for owners. Um, break even around lower hundreds. Shown his four to be around 40. Once again, not bad. It's a guy that relies on attacking stats. What would you be doing if you had Katoa? Because um, I sold the week. Yeah, After that, yeah. HIA. I think last week was the week to sell. But if you're getting up to Fafita, or if you're getting across to a front row and you desperately need a front rower like a Horsburgh or a Nars, then I think he's definitely expendable. Um, be a nice hold, though. You see, he seems to be a very likely candidate on that right edge. Um, Hughes being back, Hughes likes, it short, likes the short ball to him. Um, obviously, he's going to leak a bit of money. Yeah. But... I think it's a fine hold at this point. I think last, as I said, last week was the week to sell. Well, yeah, last week I moved him onto Dave Fafita, obviously. Great move there. Made the timing of Fafita pretty good. But I just think it doesn't really make sense holding him on the bench for the week at that price and then selling him on this week. Yeah. Obviously, this is sort of the last week to make a decision before he starts to leak a bit of cash. But he's definitely not a bad hold. Yeah, so he's he's ninth most traded out. Um, 105 BE... In 17% of teams, um, I think i hold him. I think I would hold him if I had him. Yep. Another guy that I want to get your opinion on, I think you're pretty keen on, Nelson Asafa-Solomon, averaging 67 in his three games this year. Um, I think an 80 and a 70 in his last two games. Looking good, I think. Doesn't need massive minutes to score well. He's always a threat for a try. Yep. What's your opinion on him? Well, he's the second highest averaging front rower. 
and one of the games have been injury affected, which is like kind of makes me think this guy's pretty good. Like he he's gonna have he presents the highest upside of any front rower in terms of in any given week maybe he can score a double. Yep. And Harry Grant's his hooker, who loves to you know dart, take a few steps, and then pass to a big fella. Um, I don't get any bigger than Nas. Yeah. Nas, he's a dog. Like he, he will be... He, he's Arguably, when he's on the field, he's been Melbourne's best player this year. Yeah. He's been, they, they have all their momentum comes on the back of him. They need to play in big minutes with their forward pack sort of eviscerated. Um, when an edge goes down, he's likely to attack on that, that on a, like an out wide sort yeah. of roll, running at a half. He looks like he's going to jag attack, offloading, tackle busting. I'm actually really keen on him. It's very left field, but I'm tempted to go him over. Very low ownership. Very, very low ownership, sub 2%. Um, he has a 40 in him, and I guess some weeks that will be frustrating where he does go lowish, but the weeks where he will jag, say, five, six tackle busts and break the line for a try, you're getting an 80, 90 score there. So it evens out to be a premium front row either way. And it's a good hedge for Harry Grant too for yourself not owning him. Yeah, I'm, um, I think I'm going to do it. It complements. So I've already got my 13 for round 13. I'm probably going to still buy another guy just for a bit of cover. So I don't really need Horsburgh to cover round 13. So I'm tempted to go Nas as he complements Tarpany's buy schedule a bit better. Like they're going to play, they're, they're going to, uh, Nas is going to play when Tarpany's going by and so on and so forth. So I think I, um, I'm going to go Nas, and uh, hopefully he can jag some tries. Yep, I like it too. For South, David Moali is out with injury, and Liam Knight returns on the bench. AJ last week, quite a popular option after he scored 90 without scoring a try at a few line breaks. Obviously, we weren't expecting anything close to that from him, but he just looked like he'd bottom out in price. Um, the value is still low. I'm not going to say he's like a guy you want to bring in this week, but... If anyone brought him in, don't freak out yet. No, I'm not freaking out. It's um, he literally. It's very rare. It's him that lets lets himself down. He 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 actually dropped a couple tries in this game, which yeah. he never does. Almost gimmies. It's very very unlike him to be dropping like genuine try scoring opportunities. So um, I'm very happy to own AJ. Yeah, he was sort of the flavour of the week last week in a lot of you know chat rooms and stuff. So. Look, I, I'm very happy to own him. Um, there's a great draw coming up. He's going to play around 13. He's actually also going to play around 14, which is going to be a big bonus for all of us. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll have a bit of AJ. Yeah, I'm still keen there as well. Um, Cody Walker priced at 820k. There's a bit of movement going around in people's halves right now. Decisions have been made about these Origin stars. One, do you think you could bring him in this week? Because I think No. But you're probably more keen on Cody than I am. Mm, well, yeah, I think he's the, the, the premium 5-8 option over the buy rounds. Um, yeah, I'm really keen on him. Like, I think he has 130 potential and he can do it with relative ease. Like, he'll just get... He'll get through... Like, he, there's no point sitting there and complaining about all the attacking stats this guy gets. Yeah. You may as well he's jump on and so enjoy long. it. It's what he does in um, 2021 during the Volandis ball where he was just... Cutting defences to ribbons. 
Um, we saw him be by far the best 5'8 and really be a top three super coach option in general. So I really, really like Cody. Um, he's very expensive. I think I'll be doing it next week and I probably am going to do it next week um, where they play the Tigers and then... So the, the other thing is he's one of the guys who sort of gets boosted by the fact that it's Magic Round. If anyone's Magic, it's probably Cody. Um, he's also a guy they play Power and Indigenous Round. Um, he'll stand up for that game and probably go 100 plus. So, and it's also nice if you've got Latrell and AJ, it's a very nice stack to have. I think the interesting thing with Cody, the way he's scored his super coach points this year is very different to what we've seen in the past. It hasn't necessarily been those block plays on the left edge. He's just been popping up in good spots. Yeah. Um, like it's like a second thing. fullback, yeah. Yeah, just popping up um, behind Campbell Graham. It's been very different to what we've seen him scoring tons within the past. In saying that, I don't know how much gap there is between him and Dylan Brown. I think I'd definitely rank Cody higher. But I don't know if I'd be paying up right now this week. If you were deciding between Cody and Dill Brown this week, I'd leave the 150k and go Dill Brown yeah. at 670. He's very expensive, Cody. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to buy him next week. But, yeah, he's very expensive. And in round 13 when... Um, obviously, that's a buy round, major buy round. Um, Cody's also a captain option against the Raiders. Yep. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really, really freakish player, especially Latrell being there obviously helps him, but he's going to be there. He's going to be out the back of everything when Latrell's out in round thirteen. So it's I, I'm really keen on him. I just need to time it and know like I'm thinking next week is going to be the play. Yep, fair enough with that. Moving on to the Tigers and Dragons. Tommy Talao comes into the centres with Brent Naden suspended being their only change. Tigers, only really super coach relevant guy going on here, Jareem Buller. For those out there that only have one gun fullback and aren't running a Latrell Turbo, Latrell Gutho, um, there's a lot of question at fullback where to go. It's a real option to go down to basement price for this guy because... He's shown a solid floor. He probably looks like he can score 35 to 40 weekly without jagging attacking stats. But the big question is how often can he jag them? And it's probably not that often. No, I don't I don't love it, personally. Um, he's going to make money. Yeah, just, I just don't like buying the Tigers fullback and have him clog up. If he was like centre-wing duel, I'd be all over it. But you don't want him clogging up your fullback position because what if Guffo comes out and goes 150 again? Or, uh, sorry, 100, 100 plus again, and then, you know, you're probably going to want him for around 13. It's going to be hard not to. So, um, it just, it just, it's hard. You don't want to be stuck with him. Like, because he's so cheap, it's similar to how we had the sort of, our issues with Tanner Boyd over yep, the start yep, of the year. definitely. How do you get up to someone from, from Drew and Buller? It's going to be tough. You're going to have to sacrifice a gun later on. Because Buller might make 300k pick at 500 that's probably going to be a good scenario for a lot of people you could very much also get stuck below 350 somehow so yeah it's going to be hard to move on from um move up to anyone without burning more trades it's just if you've maybe saved three or four trades then i'd consider it but yeah i'm, I'm personally not looking at more um, I, th- I think there's definitely a world where it's a good play and i think he's the most broad in this week most popular buyer um for decent reason too. He's obviously got a lot of cash to make. 
Yeah, there's just a lot of risk involved. The Tigers fullback, they obviously played well last week and he had a try assist in there. And yes, solid floor, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to be in enough try scoring opportunities. And just watching the Tigers last week, obviously tough conditions, but then the week before as well, he played well, but he doesn't look like he's in enough opportunities. No, he's not He's not the focal point of their attack, which I never know what the focal no point one is. Really I, guess, is. I guess it's Arpy, Arpy Corusia. Yeah. So I wouldn't... Yeah, it's not something I'm looking at personally, but it, it could there be... There can be merit to it. It's almost going to be... If he, if he really kills it, it could be a season-winning play, right? Like, if he really, really smashes it, it could be an amazing, amazing move to, to get on him. But if he doesn't, you're going to be way behind. And the draw isn't brilliant for them either. Obviously, decent matchup this week against the Dragons... You'd be banking on him to score well. I think if you buy him, you're probably going to want to play him with the potential he can get over a couple. Yeah. I don't see him going 100 posts ever, really. So, no, no, yeah, I, I agree on that. And I want my, I just want my fullbacks to be able to do that. And I know, obviously, Guffo's ceiling's not amazing, but I want my fullbacks to be able to do that. And Luttrell and Guffo seem to be the two who are standing up to say, I'm going to be able to go 100 posts for you. Yeah. Make your week like Guffo did for me last week. Yep, so Buller I definitely can grab because I'm one of those people with one gun fullback, but I don't think I will. Moving on to the Dragons, um, big changes for them, big droppings. Zach Lomax and Little, Toby Couchman, three of them out, and Jack Tabellan will start at prop. Jack Bird at lock, and Jaden Sewer comes back onto the edge. Jack Tabellan had a bit of interest after playing 80 minutes last week. I think at prop, he's not, he's not a guy I'm putting a cross through all together but he's less of an option for sure yeah no I'm not looking at him at all um, he's just he's, his upside's going to be very capped when, in 60 minutes there's not much you can do yeah and that's that's really the the, the minute ceiling here because um, Bird's going to play big minutes so yep. yeah no I wouldn't be um, I would not be looking at JDB personally um, if he was named at lock it's definitely worth a shout and he was if he was going to be playing these big minutes again but no I'm not looking at him at prop yeah, neither. I, I got the interest if he had the potential to play 80 again. See, Billy Burns comes into the edge this week after Jaden Hunt was there the week before, Murdoch Masula on the bench. It just keeps getting rotated through, and I couldn't be confident. Don't want to play hook. Gonna... Yeah, hook all that with it all. Tyros Sloan, a low score last week, and this was just the issue with him. He's going to play well and score well in those games, but there's also games where he's contained and the floor's so low. So for any of those who bought him last week, the most popular player in Supercoach, the break-even's reasonably high again. Like, his cash is pretty much capped at the moment, just over 500k. What would you be doing with Sloan this week? Um, I'm holding him to 13. It's going to be a useful value and a useful, useful number that week and the week after. But I can't actually be mad at you if you were to sell, just because he, his floor is so low. Um, he goes low again this week. He might start leaking cash. Well, yeah, this is a big one for him against the Tigers. Yeah, he want him to go well. Yeah, he, he has to go eighty plus here for me to really want to hold him any longer. If, yeah, if this, I, this if is I always the worry with him. Yeah, when this is why I didn't he, jump on when he doesn't do well. It's just low, very low scores in the teens. Yeah, especially Ben Hunt's always going to be the main guy for the Dragons anyway. Um, also, watch if he's goal kicking. That could be interesting too. 
there's a there's a who big, will goalkeeper? Yeah, no one really knows. So um, Embai hooker. Yep. Yeah, so Embai's career sixty eight percent, but won't be there for eighty minutes. So I don't think they'll go for him. Jack Bird seventy percent kicker, but only on a small sample size. So at the moment we're sort of thinking Jack Bird, but in the charity shield, um, Sloan kicked ahead of Bird and Hunt apparently. In a, I'm not sure if it was this year or last year that that definitely did happen. So. It could easily be Sloan, which would be very interesting. That is very interesting. I didn't even consider yeah. that with Lomax going out, actually. Moving on to the Roosters-Cowboys game, um, Paul Morowski is out with Drew Hutchinson moving to centre and Maria Hargraves returns to start a prop with Lodge moving to the bench. One to watch here, Angus Crichton, 141 break-even on the bench again. He's going to drop really good cash from 700k. Obviously, the Butcher Boys still starting and playing well. But you'd have to think sometime soon they're going to be moving to the middle for Tupanua and Crichton to start again. Yeah. So definitely a watch there for Angus. Well, definitely Egan looks really good through the middle, like really, really good. Um, high PPM there. Well, they played a really small middle this week yeah. at one point. And they had Tupanua in the middle. I think Egan was playing middle. Yeah. They had like four of these back rower guys and Radley was a hooker. Yeah. So it was a really weird middle. So I think... Um, Angus will see 80 later on. Um, just going to be about timing when that's going to be. But yeah, just, just Could keep, be a great discount. Keep an eye on him because we are going to... It seems to happen every year. That we get him a discount at some point because he gets hurt and comes off the bench or something like that. Like it, it seems to happen quite uh, the last couple of years. So um, keep an eye on it. Um, I'm not rushing to do it anytime soon, though. If he was to miss Origin 2. Yeah. As well, like while he's coming off the bench, hasn't been able to prove too much fitness yet. Very interesting there. Yeah, big time. Joey Manu, obviously another great score from him considering the conditions in New Zealand. Showed a great floor of 60-odd. He's just going to keep scoring very well until Sam Walker returns, and we don't know how long that is. But very rewarding for owners who jumped on. Yeah, I'd like to see a bit more from him um, in terms of attack. I just don't think he... The Roosters in general, their attacking shape looks pretty bad. Like they scored a try off a Brandon Smith kick and Radley basically is passing that butcher out of dummy half. So I'm worried about the Roosters in general in terms of their attack. So hopefully Manu can, you know, get himself in some better positions. I, I want to see a bit more from him, but that, that, that base is so good. We haven't seen his tackle busting and um, hit up. Yeah. What, been, what they have been before, yeah. it, it still can increase. Yeah, he, he can... Um, it's Joe Manu, he's one of the best best sort of super coach options. We, we, we talked about it before, when he's in a spine, he's basically a must-have. So, look... Um, hoping for a few more weeks for him. Yeah, I'm hoping it can stick, and I'm hoping that he gets he can reach his ceiling in one of these weeks so that the non-owners can really pay. Yep, agreed on that. For the Cowboys, Jeremiah Nanai is out, suspended, and Helam Luki returns to the edge. Lukey, also an interesting watch at a bit of a discounted price. Val Holmes, the ton falls out of his rolling average next week. You'd think he would be a sell come next week with price probably to lose. He's still around 670k at the moment, but he's got a couple of great matchups and he's probably just going to be one you have to move on. Yeah, we've, the brink we've, of we've talked about this for the last few weeks that I think you're going to hold him for 11 and 12. Yeah. Where he has some really good matchups, and then and he has to go over Origin. Yep. He's not one of the guys I'd want to be holding. Um, again, I can't really be mad at you if you're going to sell him now, though. Yep. 
because he's not he's not performing up to what you want him to. No, not at all. For the Titans, it was the last game of the round. AJ Brimson is out again with injury to Paul Bogus, so Jaden Campbell gets another go at fullback. Cruz Leeming onto the bench. Dave Fafita, the ton has finally arrived for him. He's going to be above 800k moving into Origin. If that value is so high, will you consider moving him on? No, not a chance. No, I'll be keeping him. Um, this is just, I'm not going to get. He's so expensive, it's going to be hard to get him back in. So. He's one of the um, origin guns I'll be holding. I'm going to hold him from round one all the way till the end unless he gets injured. Well, obviously, I bought him last week, so absolutely no consideration of that for myself. I was interested if your perspective was slightly different. Sort of with the Murray situation that I started with him, I was happy to move him on earlier. I was wondering if you, no. starting with Fafita, there's just, any more. Fafita's just scoring too well. I, I, I couldn't be moving him on. He probably won't have a big minute role in origin, so he probably backs up. And probably plays AD when the game's very backs up. He he looks so likely. Yep. Um, he's getting through lots of work. His BNP was actually down last week, but it's been up all season. So yeah. You can um, excuse that though when he's gone over he's, for a median. <laughs> yeah, try when he's gone straight down his army half to score. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. There's no consideration of me selling for feeder. Yep. Campier, as we mentioned before, as long as Kieran Foran and David Feeder on that left edge, he's going to keep scoring tries. Definitely guy I'm looking at just running with because he's, he could be the top try scorer in the NRL this year. He's yeah. just in such a good position there. A lot of people hopped off and the price still isn't that high for him. He just reminds me of a young young Alex Johnston coming through where he just, as soon as he gets a little bit of space, he's so fast and such a good finisher, he's just going to score every time. So I really like him. Um, he's not a great play every week because his base is so low. I can never get it right with him. But in, in the good matchups, like like last week, looked like a good matchup. Um, he's going to be good for seventy plus and a double. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like it. I really like him as a hold as well. He's probably the pick out of all those cheapy centre wings that we started with. Yeah. Moving on, been, to... yeah, driving that home pretty much over the last few weeks anyway. Yeah. That he's going to be the best hold out of all of them. Yeah, definitely. For Para, Andrew Davey, mid-season move from the Dogs. He starts on the edge straight away. Slightly surprising. Ryan Madison is on the bench as well as Bryce Cartwright and Bally Simonson comes back into the centres for Sean Russell. Interesting moves. There's a lot of Para interest this week. Obviously, as they demolished Newcastle on the weekend, there's going to be high scores and high popular buys. First of all, Mitch Moses, we already touched on this with the Nathan Cleary talk, but our hand is once again forced coming off that 140. you sort of got to go now because you don't want to pay the 800k by around 13. And I think we've touched on it. I just want to say that he could very much go 30 or 40 every week. Mm. We've, if you look through his scores this year, his scores in the past, yes, he has great ceiling, but he does have low scores, and if Parrot don't do well. Yeah. So with Moses, um, he is essentially the definition of a flat track bully in saying that he has a 99 average in what I've deemed as like easy matchups over the first uh, nine weeks of the competition, but averages like 40 odd in the bad matchups. Yep. So, and that's including I've called the Sharks without Nico as a good matchup, and I've called the Manly game. A bad matchup because it was at Four Pines Park and Manu were flying. So that 99 average in good matchups is very, very nice. You're relying on a big one here, though. Yeah, you need him to go well this week against the Titans. And you probably need a good score against the Raiders, maybe an 80 plus. And then against Souths, 
anything above 50 is a win. Yep, definitely. And then Cowboys, he's the best captain option. Um, you could even say from round 13 to round 20 that he, or from round 13 to round 21, he will score, he could score the most points out of any player. Yep. So um, I'm keen on it. I'm probably going to do it just because of the way the timing's worked out. It has to be now. Um, but if Carl Oluapu doesn't quite show that he's going to be a really good buy next week. First game of the round. Um, I may f- go Dill Brown over Moses. We have Dill Brown as well. Pretty low break even at 679k. Same thing. we sort of got to go now if we want to grab him. It's probably not as urgent as a few other guys. But looked good. Trying and assist for a ton. Um, impressive stuff from Dill Brown. I like the play, but I don't think 5-8 is as desperate due to a few guys going around and a few more options, yeah. whereas Moses is sort of the only one and a half back. Well, I definitely want Cody. <laughs> so if I definitely want Cody, do I want Cody and Brown? I'm not sure. I definitely, definitely want Cody in my team. It's just if, if Carl looks like such a great option, I'll probably have to get... Um, I probably won't be able to get Brown because I want Cody and Carl. Yep. Yeah. Brown's on my radar. Yep. Dual Brown's very much on my radar, but I think I'm in a similar situation to you where I'm going to watch Oluapu and determine whether I'm going to be bringing him in yeah. next week. And Munster's not really putting his hand up saying I have to be sold. So Definitely not. Yeah, not at all. So um, I think I'm probably going to end up with Moses in my team. Yep. Agreed on that. Um, Jermaine Hopgood, ton on the weekend. Um, a lot of people buying him this week, but it's just so important. The average of him playing with Maddo in the team and Maddo on the team, there's stark differences. Yep. Obviously, Maddo on the bench this week, I expect he'll probably come on for Wira McGregor after 25 minutes and play out the rest in the middle of the field. Um, Hopgood, very good for owners, mm. but I wouldn't buy him. I wouldn't even be surprised. Hopgood might come off the bench here. Like, there's, so many, there's so many different things. It's Brad Arthur we're talking about. Um, I would not be buying him. He's been a good hold, and he's probably going to still say 60 minutes. But not a, he's not a must or anything. At, no. At, he's already 577k, so... Um, I wouldn't be reeled back into him. Matter owners, I'd be wa- a little bit worried, but Matter did score very well off the bench last year. That was when Hopgood wasn't in the team. So I, I, I really... I, this is a very interesting watch. Yeah. As someone who owns neither, it's a very interesting I watch. wouldn't make any big moves on either selling or buying. No, I think you just wait and see what it looks like this week and then, then sort of decide if Hopgood's only playing 45 minutes, which it's fair, that's worst-case scenario, then he probably has to go. Yep. Your pod fullback play last week, Gutho, very well for you, scored three tries, could have very well been more... What yeah. do you have to say for him? I so, think, do you think he's a buy this week? He's the second most brought in. I don't really understand it. He's the second most brought in. I think he's already very expensive. Um, that's 750k. But this game was so weird for him against the Knights because, yeah, he had a hat-trick and two of them are pretty lucky tries. But on the same note, he was almost unlucky because he could have... He had about three tries he could have gotten support. He, he almost yeah. could have broken like Supercoach records in this game. Like, yeah. He, he really could have done more. And he, he had a few, like, um, short side overlaps that he normally he'd throw the pass to Sevo like a cutout ball and get a try assist. But he just held it. It was like, this could have been so much higher, but it also could have been so much lower if he didn't get the two junk dummy half tries. So uh, it was a very weird performance. Um, I think I'd still consider buying him, but he's just so expensive. Well, for me here... 
He's in the same category as Will Kennedy, and I don't think last week sort of changed anything for it. They're guys that they will score tries, they will get assists, and they will average 60 to 70 because of that. And I sort of looked at Gutho last week. He very consistent scoring, but they're always with one try assist, one try in there. And it's the same for Kennedy. And it's like when Kennedy scored a few tries against the Dogs for the hat-trick for 100, it's not really going to happen all that often for either of them. Yeah. So honestly, if you're looking at moving on Gutho right now, I'd just wait for Will Kennedy to a cheaper price. Yeah, that's if that's what you're after. That's, I think I agree with that, or even four. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... just Guffo's very, very pricey already. I wouldn't be paying up near 750 I think last week was, was the time to move on him. Yep. Moving on to our strategy talk, our question here is how many players from one team can we run through the buy rounds especially? So, obviously, teams have different draws and it's going to be important to coordinate them. And a lot of people are very keen on para due to the fact, one, they're playing in all the major buy rounds and obviously they played great last week, so all very popular options. But not playing in round 14 and 18, having their buyers, how many of the Paraboys, for example, do you think we can grab? I wouldn't want more than three because most own Garrick and most own Marju. And then you'll, you'll, you're getting, that's five players immediately you're going to have out in round 14. Um, I think ideally you only have four of those from those three teams, Manly, Para and um, the Knights in round 14. I think you don't want more than four. Otherwise, you could be in a lot of trouble. You're going to be, yeah, especially with Origin backups. You never know who's going to play. Um, like, if you've got Brown, Guffo, Garrick, Marju, and then you've also got Cleary and Hines, who, let's say, those are the New South Wales halves there, they don't play. Then you're copping an AE at halfback. Um, you're also already without another four players. And Australia would have run out 17. Big time. So. For me, it's two. I really don't like even looking Too at three para players. Yeah. I think I think you could go three is the very max, but myself, I'm not considering more than two. Yeah, especially because we already own Garrick and Marjorie, and you, you own Turbo as well, so yeah, it's you, you can't. I yeah, definitely um two three depending on who else you own, and then as far as like Souths go, I'd be I'd be stacking them. I'm not worried. Buys in sixteen and twenty aren't that big of a deal, and then Sharkies. I'd be looking at them afterwards, after this round 13 buy. But um, I don't mind going early on one of them and then looking at them after after round 14 sort of area. Yep. So I reckon going into for the Sharks, you can probably have two of them. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon you can Hines have Hines and one of the other boys. But I reckon after it, you could run a few. Yep. That's I reckon fair. come round 14, obviously I missed 17, so Hines won't be backing up there. Due to the buy, obviously. Um, I reckon you could run a few of them post well, Hines isn't even guaranteed, guaranteed for Origin, is the other thing. That but is true. It's hard, it's hard when we don't know the Origin teams. But, um, yeah, I think the Sharkies and Souths wait up on them, but Para be a bit wary. And I think it's just it's important that you find a mixture. I know that that's the point of it all. Yeah. Stacking one team, I think we knew it coming to this year with the extra team in the comp, you can't stack one side because you're going to be stuffed when that team's on buy. In Origin, it's going to be very complex. Mm. So probably in general, try not to have more than three blokes, yep. whoever you can. I think the AJ Cody Trell is something I'll own, but I'll only own Hines and one of those two, one of those centre wing guys, like probably Hines and Ronnie. So I wouldn't be, yeah, don't, don't load up on more than three, I don't reckon. Yep. Moving on to your pod section, who do you have at low ownership to keep an eye on? Okay, so 
The tackle bot at the moment, Matt Butcher, who's just getting through lots and lots of work at 2.9%. Um, out of all these back rowers sort of in this log jam, he seems the most likely to play AD on an edge. Yeah. And he's, he's a bit of a weapon, to be honest. Um, he scored, obviously scored a try on the weekend. Um, I think a fair few sort of people would have started with him and... He hasn't been set in the world on fire, but he's a guy we've seen who can score lots of tries in a single game. Um, he, he looks like their best forward so far this year. Yep, he's been great. Yeah, so I'm putting that butcher there, not one I'm looking at personally, but in terms of a um, 2RF who's going to obviously not play for round 13, but after that, can do a lot worse than that butcher. Um, he's going to have a bit of upside in this Roosters team, which we, we hope when, when this attack finally clicks. But his tackle numbers are just ridiculous. He's, yeah, four on edge, it's crazy. Yeah, he, he gets through 50 tackles. So um, definitely him. And then another guy is sort of in the same sort of mould, but a bit more expensive on a worse team is IPAP, fallen gun. Um, I like to target fallen guns. Um, he's starting to show a little bit more. Uh, not one I'm rushing in to buy, but when it's like... Let's say I've got a bit of spare cash for a Schuster upgrade. Jeez, IPAP will be tempting. He's What's he so... priced at? Because um, he's a guy, especially if Luke Brooks can start start to get himself together, obviously had a decent game on the weekend, he could be interesting. So he's going to be sub 600k next week. It's interesting. It's a watch. It's interesting because he's had a few games. Of, he had 70... So he had a 70 in basically BNP. He had one trial contribution. And then he's had 60s in BMP, which is, is what we expect from him. But if he can, you know, this Tigers team can finally click, he's probably a good option. Yep. We know what he can do. Yep. Yeah, and then lastly is maybe a guy I might be bringing in, Nelson Asofa Solomona. Um, only one of the very few front rowers with genuine ton potential. Um, I'm really keen on him at the moment. Very so low ownership for a guy that could be yeah. the second best front rower over the bye period. Yep, yeah, probably a guy I'm bringing in this week, so... Yeah, I like Maths too. Trades and skippers for the week. How are you going to follow up your big round nine? Okay, so trades are... Nelson and Moses in for Stefano and Cleary. That seems sort of no-brainer trades. Um, although Cleary, I don't know how in love I am with selling him. But... I'm just every time I look at it, the numbers sort of suggest that I should. Yeah. But if he's going to goal kick, if we if we have confident confident word that he's going to goal kick, I'll be tempted to hold. Anyway, that's my plans. And then captain, I'm not getting complicated. It's going to be Nico Hines, and I'm not going to loop anyone unless they go 160 past VC. Garrick will probably be what I do. Yep. Nico. Um, yeah. I think he got to. Yeah. It's nothing against the Dolphins. It's just Nico scoring so. Consistently. Well, he hasn't gone under 80... 89 is his yeah. lowest score of the year against the Roosters. Yeah, just every week. Unless it's a real tough matchup, you just got to lock it on him. Yeah. I'm doing the same this week. I'm going to VC Turbo. Mm. Pray to the footy gods that he's got a 150 in him, but um, probably nothing there. It's just Hines, pretty much. If Hines was playing the first game of the week, like last week, we'd both captain him anyway. Um, Trades-wise... I've got the option to hold this week. I will probably do Cleary to Moses. And I also wouldn't mind having a look at Buller for a Val Holmes or to River. But I don't really like selling to River at his price. I think there's going to be tries coming for him soon. Surely. 
and I don't really love selling him at 380k. Yep. So likely I think I'll end up just doing Cleary to Moses and saving a trade this week, but there is a world where I might just save altogether. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I wouldn't mind trades up the sleeve, but if Carlo Apu plays well, I think I'm going to be looking at Ike at him next week, hoping that he gets a start after a couple of games off the bench. And then you'll have money to a big upgrade. Yeah, and then I'm looking at moving Schuster up. Schuster up to back Sean Lane or someone, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like Sean Lane. I like Hudson Young. There's a few guys I like there. Have you know Hudson Young got Scott 60 again? Yeah, he just keeps on. He's been really so form. consistent. Oh, it's it's really um going to be tempting. He's not his price is not getting away. And I yeah I like I like these um sneaky little moves. So I want to have a few trades up my sleeve. So I'm gonna wait to the very last minute with Cleary. See if I can get any information on him. But. If I make any trades, it'll just be clear to Moses for me this week and Heinz captain. Yep. That'll about do us for today's episode. Thank you all for listening and good luck for the round. Have fun with Magic Round, boys. Yep. Have a good one, everyone.